So I'd like to say a few words about this practice we'll do this evening. So you may have seen on the schedule it says guided sit and metta. Some of you may not know what that word means. So metta is a Pali word, which is the language that the Buddhist Buddha's teachings were written down in some many hundreds of years after he taught. And metta um, is generally translated as loving kindness, which is a rather clunky word. Um, but the root of it come, means friendliness. comes from the root word maitri. And the reason that we like to uh, have guided practice and, and teachings around that, and I'll talk more about it in my talk tomorrow, is that as you can see when we sit, when we go into silence, when we're in retreat, that um, often it's not so easy to keep being present and showing up and meeting our experience. Right? As blissful or as beautiful or whatever you imagined your retreat to be here this these days right it's when you actually sit here it's not so easy i mean there's beautiful parts to practice quiet and stillness and, and there's also the other stuff the, the the aching body and the tender heart or feeling tired or restless or confused or lonely or whatever. And so it's really helpful and really important that we also not just be present and be mindful and be aware of what's happening, but we also meet ourselves and each other and the world with kindness, with friendliness, with warmth, with care. And if those aren't available, it actually makes it much harder to be here, much harder to be present, much harder to be fully, intimately connected with life if we can't also bring forth a heartfulness and a, a loving presence. I tend to think of the, the sign of a mature practice when you do these practices for many years, wisdom practices, mindfulness practices, insight practices, that we grow the qualities of awareness, of presence, of wisdom, but we also grow the qualities of love, compassion. And that ultimately those two seemingly different qualities become integrated. So this, this retreat's called Living with Awareness, but it could equally be called loving awareness retreat, where we, where we fuse, suffuse our mindfulness practice, awareness practice, with warmth, with kindness, with care. And so um, the, there's different ways that we can cultivate this heartfulness. And the Buddha taught, gave some various teachings about the heart and its dimensions one of which is a teaching called the Brahma Viharas, which points to different qualities, different facets of the heart, love, compassion, joy, and equanimity, or 
steadiness. It's a different, different ways the heart can move. And, um, and so we can develop qualities, we can develop love, we can develop compassion through meditation, through intention. And so we'll be guiding you tonight, today and tomorrow in a way to cultivate metta, heartfulness, friendliness. Some of you are quite familiar with these practices, some of you will be new. How many people have not done any kind of heart meta practice? Just raise your hand if, you have, if this is new to you, what I'm talking about, some of you. Yeah. So, so when I first came to practice some many years ago now, and I, the first practice I learned actually was, well, there was two, I learned two in the class, mindfulness practice and loving kindness practice. And it was really hard when I first tried to do it. I always had a lot of self-hatred and judgment and anger and, and didn't like myself. And then I was taught this practice, which was a way of inviting a quality of loving care with oneself. It was very an anathema to me. And it was, I felt like this iceberg in my heart, cold, shut down, closed, pained. And... Um, but I sense that there was something, something useful in the practice of trying to call forth some kind of warmth, some kind of care. And, you know, in these practices, the, the come from the, the wellspring of our own heart, but often we have the most troubled and pained relationship with ourselves. Self-judgment, self-hatred, self-rejection. And so, from my experience, it's been a profound way to heal our conflictual relationship with ourselves, which is often the root of so much pain. And so, we can do these practice tonight as a way of orienting to ourselves and to others with warm-heartedness. To orienting towards our body, towards our heart, our mind. There's a poem, part of a poem from Galway Canal, sometimes read in, in association with this practice of metta, and it's called a poem called St. Francis and the Cow, and I think it beautifully describes a quality of this practice. In, in, in this poem he says, um, if I can remember it, I can't remember it, <laughs> but it will come to me. <laughs> So always remembering the first line, then it all flows from that line. <laughs> How's it go? Anyway, anyway part of, as as the poem goes on, and then he starts. He goes on to say, "Sometimes it's necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness. To put a to put a hand on the brow 
of a flower and tell it in words and in touch it is lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. So similarly, sometimes it's necessary to reteach ourselves our own loveliness, to tell ourselves in words and in touch we also are lovely or worthy of love. And so we too can flower from within of self-blessing. So in all the things that you've experienced today, the joys, the sorrows, the beauty, the boredom, the restlessness, the calm, the insight and the confusion, think about if you had been able today to meet all of that with a kind-heartedness. As, the, as Lao Tzu says in the Tao Te Ching, kind-hearted as a grandmother. And if we could meet ourselves and experience and all that happened today with warm-hearted care, right? with a forgiving heartfulness for all the times our mind wanders, all the time our body aches, all the time our heart is hurting, how different would your experience be if you're just receiving it with love, with tenderness, with affection, with warmth, with care? It'd probably be a lot easier, a lot more tolerable. And that's, that's the potential in any moment in our life and our practice to meet life, ourselves, and the world with this loving presence. I'm sure you've met people or have had experiences where people have met you with that kind of warmth and it's quite radical. Maybe there's moments where you can do that for yourself. And so just in the same way that we cultivate mindfulness, even though we have awareness as the nature of our mind, we lose, lose awareness, lose attention, lose presence. So we practice in the same way that we cultivate heartfulness in, in metta practice. So I'll guide us in some ways to, to do this and in the teachings, the Buddha said very little about this practice. He basically said, so should one abide with a boundless heart, radiating loving kindness for all beings, whether they be near or far, seen or unseen. So one should cherish all living beings with a boundless heart and radiate. So it's a really a practice of radiating kindness, heartfulness, love in all directions. But, not so easy just to sit and radiate that. <laughs> Maybe for a moment. Hard to sustain. So later in the tradition, the, the use of um, uh, using phrases, using intentional wishes that express the heart's wish for oneself and others. So I think of the phrases that I'll be using and, and suggesting that you might use the phrases are conduits for which the, the, the breeze of love flow. The, the ways that we express the heart's natural loving care.
when I did this practice, I'd done this practice for many years and was doing some long retreats with Sharon Salzberg. One of the things who's really been one of the great transmitters of this practice, bringing it from her teachers in Burma. And she said to me, do it in the easiest way possible. Practice metta in the easiest way possible. And I said, well, that sounds like cheating. But of course we want to do things that, that allow it to, to be most accessible. So we'll start with calling to mind people who are easier for us to love, and then we'll, and then we'll expand the, the practice from there. So please sit comfortably. It's hard to radiate <laughs> love if your knees are screaming at you to take care of them. So if you need to sit in a chair, if you need to adjust yourself, please sit with some ease, some relaxation. If your body's already hurting, it's a time, it's, it's an indication that you might need to move. It's, we've been sitting a lot today, so adjust your posture as needed. And as we begin our practice, sensing your heart, sensing the center of your chest, closing your eyes, just sensing your breath in your heart area. Breathing through the heart. Actually beginning as you inhale, just sensing, breathing in all of the goodness that you've received today. Goodness of your practice, goodness of the teachings, goodness of the community, practicing together, goodness of nature, goodness of your intention, it's all the ways we've been given to and blessed, just breathing that in. And as you exhale, breathing out appreciation, gratitude. So inclining our hearts, inclining our attention to goodness, to the love that we receive here and in our lives. And then I'm going to invite you to call to mind someone that's easy for you to love. Someone, some person, some being. 
easy for you to love. When you think about this person, this being, it brings a warmth, smile to your face, gladness to your heart. Maybe a child, may even be a pet, dog, a cat, someone who's shown you a lot of love, maybe a teacher, grandparent. Calling someone to mind. And sensing their goodness, their good qualities. Sensing their wish to be happy. As you hold them in your heart, in your mind's eye, visualizing them, sensing them, noticing if there's a natural warmth, natural radiance of the heart, holding them in love, wishing them well, Not getting lost in thinking about them, just simply holding them in your heart, radiating warmth, kindness, love. And you can continue silently radiating in this way. Or you can also offer them wishes. Express your heart's wish for them. I'll suggest some simple wishes you may use or your own words. Keeping them simple. May you be safe from harm. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. Staying connected to this person as you offer them these wishes from your heart. May you feel safe. May you feel happy. May you feel healthy.
live with ease. Continuing sharing these wishes, holding them with loving presence. And when the attention wanders, noticing that, just coming back to sensing this beloved person and offering them these wishes of kindness. this person go and calling to mind a good friend, someone whom right now there's a ease in your friendship, someone with whom you, when you call them to mind, there's also a sense of gladdening in your heart, warmth. So calling a friend to mind. Sensing them, visualizing them, sensing their goodness, their good qualities. I wish to be happy. And again, simply resting in your heart and radiating sense of warmth, love, kindness to this friend. 
silent wishing them well. can also add these wishes, phrases, express your hearts, care for them. May you too be safe and protected from harm. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. And so offering these wishes slowly, meaningfully, each time you say a phrase, Metta, connecting with the meaning. May you too be safe. May you feel healthy. May you feel happy. May you live with ease.
And again, if the attention wanders, noticing that, coming back to this simple wish for your friend's well-being, holding them with a kind-hearted, loving presence. Releasing that friend and turning awareness to yourself. Sensing your body sitting, sensing your heart vulnerable, open. And attuning to your own goodness, your own good qualities, something that you appreciate about yourself. Maybe even the fact that you're simply here, doing your best, cultivating awareness, mindfulness. Sensing your own wish to be happy, to be free of pain. It helps putting a hand on your heart, so the sense of connecting with your heart and your own goodness, or this act of affection for yourself. Let's see if there's a way you can simply radiate warmth, kindness, love for your own body, this fragile, unique, delicate body. Our beating heart, our breathing lungs. Make be helpful at times to imagine yourself as a young child, as an infant, coming into this world. Innocent, pure. And you may offer yourselves wishes for your own well-being. May I too be safe from harm. May I be happy in this moment. May I be healthy of body. May I live with ease. May I love and accept myself as I am. May I love and accept myself as I am.
So offering these wishes of kindness or your own words, simply orienting to yourself with warmth. feel safe. May I feel happy. May I feel healthy. May I live with ease. May I love myself as I am. Expanding this quality, this sentiment of kindness, warmth to the people sitting around you, in front of you, behind you, to the sides, maybe somewhat strangers to you, and yet here we are practicing together, so sensing the people around you and simply radiating this quality of warmth affection, love.
You may express that in words. Just as I wish to be happy, may you too be happy, be healthy, be safe, be free. Expanding it out to everybody here, Spirit Rock, on the retreat, staff, all the people supporting us here in our practice. Radiating a sense of warmth, kindness, love. And outwards to all the beings of this land, the animals, the birds, the insects, creatures underground, the deer in the woods, birds in their nests, the gophers underground. May all life here be well and safe. Happy, peaceful. And radiating, radiating this outwards in any in all directions, touching those you know and love, those you don't know. life everywhere, be safe, protected from harm, and live with health, live with happiness, and live with peace. I'll close with a, some words from a poem from Daniel Mead. If you would grow to your best self, be patient, not demanding, accepting, not condemning, nurturing, not withholding, self-marveling, not belittling, Gently guiding, not pushing and punishing. For you are more sensitive than you know. Mankind is tough as war, yet delicate as flowers. We can endure agonies, but only open fully to warmth and light. And our need need to grow is fragile as a fragrance, dispersed by storms of will returning when these storms are still. 
So accept and respect, attend your sensitivity. A flower cannot be opened with a hammer. remember the first part of that poem I was wanting to say goes, the bud, this is what happens when you meditate, you remember poetry, the bud stands for all things, for even for those things that do not flower, for everything flowers from within of self-blessing, though sometimes it's necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on the brow of the flower and to tell it in words and in touch it is lovely, until it flowers again from self-blessing. And so this meta-practice is the same thing. Sometimes it's necessary to reteach ourselves our own loveliness, our own goodness, our own worthiness of love, to tell ourselves in words and in touch that we are also lovely until we flower from again from within of self-blessing. So there's lots to say about the meta-practice. You know, I barely said anything really. Um, one of the things that I wanted to say was, um, you know, just like you come here and we think, oh, I'm going to practice mindfulness, and most of the time you're distracted. When we practice loving kindness practice, we may not feel much love. We might feel closed, we might feel shut down, we might feel hurt, we might feel numb, we might feel nothing. Sometimes we feel warmth and care and love. But the, the practice is intentional. We're turning, we're clining our heart and our mind towards this quality for ourselves and for others. And in that, that becomes generative of, of the quality over time. The other thing I wanted to say is, distinct from how we ordinarily know love in our lives and our relationships, which is usually conditional, Metta and all of the Brahma Viharas, these divine abodes of the heart that the Buddha was speaking to, they're boundless qualities that are unconditional, which is why we start from the familiar friends and loved ones and then out to radiating it, this love to all life, to all beings, in that the, the potential and the capacity of the heart is to be able to love boundlessly. That's uh, that's the that's the full potential of the heart. So, but that's not normally where we live and abide, and which is why it takes a little practice over <laughs> a few decades or a whole lifetime. So, you know, I think about someone like the Dalai Lama, who you know is incredibly dedicated practitioner, been a monk since I think he was thirteen or something, quite young been in robes for 70 plus years of his life and still gets up at three or four in the morning and meditates four or five hours a day before he goes to his main job as you know being the you know, spiritual head of the Tibetan people and um, and there's you know the, his beautiful bubbly compassionate heart didn't happen out of nowhere. It happened through a lot of practice, a lot of deep, sustained work. This practice is work. 
right? We sell retreats as these kind of like spa little (laughs) holidays, but they're work, they're spiritual work, right? And what you've done today is work, right? This was not going to a spa, whatever that's like, and then we go to them, but you know, it's work. And so I hope you can appreciate the work that you've put in today, right? We got up at six in the morning and you've been cultivating mindfulness, balance, presence, steadiness, acceptance, you know, and bringing the mind back, bringing the heart back for, I don't know, how many, many, many hours? So, anybody tired? <laughs> That's a silly question. You look exhausted. <laughs> Even though you've done nothing all day except be present, it's tiring, right? It's exhausting. Yeah, so you've really, really uh, deserved a well earned rest. So, um, I wasn't going to take questions, but I'm just more keen to send you to bed uh, to rest. And, um, you know, sometimes the dream life can be quite interesting on retreats because we we tend to sort of suppress the some some of the processing that we'd normally do in our lives when we meditate and so it sometimes comes out in the dream life um but um you, we have good if you go to bed now you have almost nine hours to rest so um Yes, I just want to appreciate your practice and your dedication to showing up for the schedule and the sits and the walks and and, and the questions and the groups and yoga and um, and please appreciate no matter what happened in the practice, the fact that you were still here <laughs> and you're sitting and you're walking doing the practice, that is that is the most important thing. The actual content of what happened in a particular meditation, it doesn't matter. The fact that you're here showing up. And then we'll, like Groundhog Day, we'll do the same thing tomorrow. And tomorrow will be a new day, and you'll probably wake up with more energy and more presence and more settledness. And, uh, you know, so anyhow, wishing you a lovely night. Thank you. Take care. Rest well. Ah. Oh, sorry, yes. I'd like to introduce Phoenix. Phoenix is our—I forget the official title—but our yogi retreat support associate. So, as was mentioned in the beginning of our retreat, um, if you happen to have a medical or emotional challenge and you need extra support, then uh, she will be available, and they can contact you through what is the easiest way. Go into the council house office, and there's a phone. There's either there's, there's a phone there, or if there's staff there, they will be able to connect you. So thank you for your presence. Phoenix has done a lot of practice here and a lot of supporting here, and so really appreciating your kind presence. Thanks, Phoenix. Okay, so please uh, rest well. And uh, enjoy the night air if you have energy. Take a walk, look at the stars. Otherwise, enjoy the, what they call poor man's nirvana, the horizontal posture. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com dot org slash donate.